My name is Helen Anatogu. I am the executive director for IDEA Nigeria. IDEA is a software business incubation program. We run incubation programs, acceleration programs, and a co-working space where we support entrepreneurs in Nigeria to build their businesses, scale, find investment. Welcome to the African Tech Roundup. Thank you, Andile. And so this is the second time we meet in what? Nearly as many days, uh, and we had never met before. We met in Johannesburg for... Um, a fairly useful gathering of tech hubs that happened at the Molochong Precinct. That was useful. It was really nice engaging with you and many other tech hub uh, directors and founders from all over the continent. And now at you know the, the annual African Angel Investor Summit uh, <laughs> in Cape Town. What brought you here? Well, um, it's always good to engage with the angels and with investors. I mean, one of the core things that we do as a hub is make sure that our uh, startups are exposed to investors. Startups can raise capital. They can grow their business. They get the help that they need, the support that they need, the right support, the right investors. So, um, and of course, I think the Lagos Angel Network has been quite supportive of the work that we do, as has been Aben. So when I was invited to come and talk about accelerators uh, and the work that I do, um, I was very happy to accept. And it's been very useful being here. The networking is top draw. I mean, we were just sitting here, you know, minding our own business. Along walks uh, Maya from Ingressive, uh, Ingressive Capital now, because they're investing now. And then past walks um, uh, Adidana of, of Village Capital and Nairobi. It's been phenomenal. How useful has the, the sort of interaction with um, investors, the investors you described, how useful has that interaction been and, and, and at the right level? You know, it has been extremely useful. So there were a number of investors that I, I didn't know were looking at investing in Africa or had started investing in Africa so that it was good to see that. There were a number of investors who are talking to or looking at some of the companies that we work with. So this was a good time to catch up with them in one place, um, understanding um, the areas that investors are looking to invest in, now the trends, that was also quite useful. Like you said, it's a fantastic network, networking opportunity. And so what do you see your role as being, you know, given you're, you're an incubator, you're, I suppose, on some level an accelerator, a mentor certainly, um, do you see yourself as a parent in this context, sort of introducing your your fledglings to, you know, the big men and women of, of <laughs> angel investment in VC? I think more of a guide, you know, guiding um, the startups along the path where they should be looking, the things they should be doing. So I've talked about meeting some of the investors who are looking at some of the startups that I work with. Um, having the startups understand the expectation of those investors and making sure that they're ready to answer any questions that they may have, that they're, they are that it's the right match. So you're, you're a guide, you're a matchmaker as well. You know, you are, uh, in some cases, a therapist when it doesn't go well. You know, so there are a lot of roles that you take on in it when, you, when you do the kind of work that I do. And so we were speaking off mic, um, you know, just moments ago about the unique brand of conversation you get when you're in a gathering such as this. I mean, the Angel Investment Summit, uh, uh, Investor Summit, brings together investors, as the name suggests. And, and so the tone of the conversation, the, the nature of the conversation, quite different to gatherings that, you know, like last week's that we were together at, that bring together, say, hubs, and, and some gatherings that we both frequent quite a bit that tend to bring together founders, you know. Um, give me a sense of what you found uniquely different and uniquely interesting in, in what's discussed and how. 
Yeah, I think that, um, you know, you've got two different types of people who are trying to make things work. So I think tech hubs, accelerators, incubators, whatever you want to call them, we are by our very nature dreamers, idealists. Investors are realists. And so when you bring the dreamers together with the with, with the realist, then there sometimes is a clash because um, you have one set of people thinking, you know, can't you just see what I see and don't you just love me? And the other set of people thinking, yeah, come on, you've got warts and things and you need to sort that out because, you know, I don't think with my heart, I think with my head. And warts, do, warts don't sell. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so it's sometimes, you know, you, you, you come into the gathering that we've been at in Johannesburg and then you're in, the, you're in the clouds and you come here and you're solidly brought down to earth and like, okay, this is the real world. These are the things, the practical things that you need to think about um, and you need to look out for and you need to sort of coach your startups about if they really want to get uh, investment in the real world. There was a unique statement made by someone on a panel. I mean, I, I don't remember who it was, but uh, maybe you do. But, you know, you, you recounted it to me quite unique re- regarding valuation, regarding how investors go about determining whether they're getting a good deal, whether it's something they'd, they'd participate in or walk away from. You know, share that with us. Yeah, so uh, someone on the panel um, said that angels should keep the valuations of the startup below a million dollars um, when they want to invest because it is in their interest to depress the valuations because of the size and the nature of the exits that we see in Africa. And so it is difficult for an angel to make a decent, you know, whatever that means, decent return on investment in Africa if the company is valued above a million dollars. Because we haven't seen, well, exits are typically by acquisition, and we haven't seen acquisitions of startup companies, and the majority of the acquisitions are below 100 million. That was um, an eye opener for me because I'm one of the biggest issues that we have, you know, with, with startups and, and, and trying to help startups get matched with investors is that we almost call it haggling on valuations and understanding the thinking behind the haggling on the investor side was it was interesting look by by default if you're an investor and you're here i mean you must be on some level open to you know to to risk and and actually quite optimistic about opportunities that many more conservative investors would never even you know spend time even thinking about so on some level we have to give them that credit but on the other i mean there's a there's a growing desire to work with with data, with eliminating or reducing the risk involved in, in making investments or plays within African startups. And it's almost, to me, counterintuitive to what Africa is about in a sense because we are still, relatively speaking, a, you know, a very you know, data-poor environment. And I still think, in some respects, founders are often onto, in terms of understanding and insight, ideas and trends that investors, many of whom aren't from the continent, probably wouldn't understand on their best day. You know, so there's this weird, how do you, how do you bridge that gap? I don't think that it is um, 
impossible to bridge the gap, to be quite honest with you, especially when you're dealing with investors outside of the continent. So I think the answer to that is getting more investors within the continent because the expectations, an investor coming from whether it's Europe or the United States or wherever, will come with the expectation that you will have some way to show that they're making a good investment, that you've got the data because um, capital is in a sense, region and country agnostic, right? So I've got a million dollars. I can decide to put it in any startup in any part of the world. Now, I will most likely put it in a startup that in, in, a, in a region that I understand that market. Or if I don't understand that market, I will have some database on which I can make um, my decision. Now, the answer to that in my mind is having more African investors who understand the market and understand that, you know what, the data is not always going to be there, but because they know the market in the absence of documented data, they can also get a feel for whether or not they're making a good investment. And so I'm sure the folks at ABAN, uh, the African Business Angels Network, would, you know, would love that. It's probably what you just said, music to their ears, because I do imagine that this gathering is in fact less about, um, I, I shouldn't limit it to it, but I mean, it's, it's probably, it, you know, in, in the ideal world should be less about outsiders buying in and more about the vast, you know, untapped resources, undeployed resources that you can find on the continent starting to participate more meaningfully. And so I I want you to comment on this ongoing debate around um, what constitutes a sensible aspiration as far as startups is concerned. I mean, you, you obviously mentor, guide, as you put it, many startups um, on the continent, What's sensible? I mean, there's been some debate at the at, at the summit so far about whether or not we should be encouraging startup founders to pursue this "quote unquote" unicorn, you know, potential. Um, I've heard words like gazelle. Are we telling people to expect less or to to require less of themselves or to measure their expectations or concentrate? What's sensible? What are you um, holding startup founders under your sort of influence? to in terms of like aspiration? I think the simple answer to that is that they've got to be realistic. Okay? So I'm Nigerian and I, and I work in the Nigerian market. The Nigerian market has 180 million people. Now, if I have a startup in Nigeria who is not thinking about how to tap into that humongous market, um, then there's a problem, right? So... I I think that you need to look at your market, look at your aspirations and really work towards them um, accordingly. Now, when we talk about investors, and I just want to come back a little bit to, to what we were talking about before. One of the things that I heard today, which is also very useful for startups to note, is that the foreign investors do understand that they do not understand the market. And so... One of the things that would be helpful for any African startup is to make sure they've got a credible local investor first that is respected by the foreign investors because they would be looking to the local investors to guide them in that investment. So if you've got an ABAN member, for example, who the VCs know, then they would be more likely to invest in the African startup because there's somebody that they know who is good at picking and understands the market. Now, when you talk about expectations, I've seen some fantastic companies 
in the Excel accelerator. I've had them pitch yesterday. There's some more they're going to pitch today. These companies have very high expectations, but they've done the work. They've done their due diligence. They've, they know their market. They've got fantastic products. They've got good teams, and they've, if they, and they've got a plan as to how they're going to scale and grow their market, acquire their customers. They're very clear on their financials. They're very clear on how much they need, from whom they need it, and what they're going to use that money for. You have to have all those things in place. Because whether you're in Africa or you're elsewhere, that is the expectation. And once you're able to demonstrate that you've got that, I do think that you can have aspirations as high as you want them. Um, and you will find investment. Now, it might take a little bit longer than it would be elsewhere in the world just because of the nature of the market and the number of investors that we have. But I don't think it's impossible. When I did say the word unicorn, though, you winced. You're like, you're like, you, you almost made a face. You're like, mm. there's something about the notion of the unicorn or even other terms that, you know, we, we've come to borrow from Silicon Valley that I know rub you up the wrong way, given how I've interacted with you before. Um, what do you think is, in terms of mindset, is worth almost discarding or sort of redefining for our own context in terms of, again, expectation? I think that our startups should think about building sustainable businesses, sustainable businesses that are growing steadily 10%, 20% year on year, 30% year on year. Um, unicorns are just that. They are mythical creatures that you know show up and sometimes don't show up. Um, once in you know a blue moon you know there are things that are i don't think that's what we should be thinking about on the continent um i think that african startups should really focus on solving the problems that we've got with technology they should focus on businesses that are scalable regionally and you know in some cases internationally depending on what market you're targeting um, they should realize that it takes a little bit longer to raise investment here the numbers are smaller so yes you might have some startups that would do upwards of 20 30 40 million dollars but you have more that will do one two three four five million dollars and so figuring out how you will run your business um, while you're trying to raise that fund and not basically building a business that is dependent on somebody thinking oh you're a, this company could be a unicorn and i'm going to write them a hundred million dollar check um, and we talked about gazelles and unicorn. I mean, I'm in the gazelle club, right? Yeah, I think uh, was it. Uh, I think it's Tommy Davies who I've heard say several times that in his mind, a gazelle is growing to to your point twenty thirty. I think maybe forty percent per annum, and and slower, like you say, than a contemporary and a more developed market with with more access to capital, and that's okay. Yeah, the thing about having expectations that a company is going to be a unicorn is that your investor would not will not be as patient with you, right? So. Um, you're expected to hit astronomical figures in quite a short period of time and scale quite quickly. Now, the reality of operating on the continent, especially sub-Saharan Africa, is that some of the infrastructure that you need to scale rapidly may not necessarily be as you, you want it to be. Um, and so you're better off looking for capital that is more understanding, a little bit more patient, than capital that is expecting you to use to, to, to meet, you know, triple-digit 
percentage growth in two, three, four years. Yeah, I, I mean, it's possible to do that, yes. And some companies have done that, but I don't think that expectation should be the norm. Give me a sense of like what's trending in your world. Uh, what's top of mind for you right now at Idea? Um, you've been, you know, to Joburg, you've been interacting with, with Tech Hub founders from eight different countries recently. You're now shoulder to shoulder with investors here in Cape Town. Well, yeah, what's, what's sort of bubbling in your mind at the moment? Yeah, I think that things that make technology that, that enables other stuff to happen. So fintech, for example, um, when you look at the number of people who are outside the, the financial system in Africa, so if I look at Nigeria, over 70 million people, right? Now, technology that enables those people to be included and therefore they can then do other things then commerce moves then paying for services paying for other things really um, and then infrastructure logistics you know technology that enables things to happen um, and so if you're thinking about the more fancy stuff you've got to have the basics in place first um, people are very hard on agriculture as well because again we realize that that is a uh, a big um, opportunity in Africa. I'll put my bet on those three logistics, um, financial technology, um, agriculture, to some extent, maybe not as much healthcare and education. You're actually playing to something I have a heart for, as you know, the, this idea that we need to start to own our context a little better. I mean, we're seeing incredible teams with an eye for gaps or exploitable ideas they can, they can, they can act on based on a contextual understanding and even basic contextual understanding of what where Africa is, swoop in and and create a business around that. I, to me, it kind of sounds like what, that's what you're talking about. Like we need to to sort of like start to to own that a little a little more. I think as African founders and perhaps even investors. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, there's some things. I mean, if I had someone come in and say, you know, I've got this really fantastic um, game. Or, for, or uh, VR, VR. Yeah, VR thing. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. But, you know, we've got to have power first, right? How do you enable that? Or, you know, I've got this fantastic e-commerce idea for, you know. Socks. Socks. And I'm like, yeah, but how are you going to deliver that? You know, so, or, you know, I really want to, I've seen um, an opportunity for healthcare in rural locations. And I'm like, yeah, but how are they going to pay for it? You know, so, so there's some things that are fundamental that need to be in place for other things, for you to have a market for other things. Now, if you said, well, I've got a fantastic idea, I've got a fantastic application for delivering rural healthcare, and it is bundled with some sort of a micro insurance mobile wallet thing. Then I'm like, hmm, that's interesting because you're the, the, fun, the fundamental problem of, you know, how am I going to pay for it is you're taking care of that in the same vein as solving the healthcare problem. Doesn't it totally frustrate you when, you know, we, we all get, not we all, but a lot of people get carried away with this notion of leapfrogging technologies and stuff like that. I mean, it's, I've gotten to the point where it's just, my brain explodes almost every time I, I hear those ideas. I mean, I think, tell me how you leapfrog electricity or, you know what I mean, or, or great roads, like on a day when you need to sort of ambulance to get to you. You know what I mean? Like, it frustrates me a little. 
Yeah, it does. It does. And I think that, you know, and I've had this conversation with, with a couple of people over the last couple of days around what we should do and what we shouldn't do as Africans. I don't, I'm never going to say that, you know, we shouldn't aspire to be more technologically advanced and to be more innovative and to think about things like uh, AI and, and IoT and, and, and um, machine learning and all that sort of stuff. But we first need to fix the market. Unless, of course, we're saying we're innovating for other markets. Which is fine, too. And I, like, I love what you're saying because you're right. We're not saying we shouldn't be creative. We're not telling Africans not to dream. We're not telling children, listen to this podcast, you know, you can't be this or don't be that because this makes more sense or it's more practical to be this. But we also have to sort of be pragmatic about our context and, and, and what's necessary to move us from, from A to B. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So when we fix the market, then we are then able to consume the more advanced technologies, right? Um, and so if you are a startup whose focus is the African market, you should be thinking about, well, for me to do this, so we talk about technology adoption, for example, what are the barriers to technology adoption? There is no point building technology for people who do not have the capacity to adopt those technologies because of other fundamental issues that they face, right? And so we need to fix that first. And, and I would put my money on startups and that are building technologies that address market fundamentals. Absolutely well said. Thank you so much for being on the African Tech Roundup. Helen, anytime you like, yeah. please be back. Thank you very much, Andile. It was a pleasure speaking with you. And yeah, I'm very happy that I met you. And I, I hope that we keep in touch. Indeed, we will.